Hi, welcome to the Manadoras. I'm Lizzie. I'm Dina. And just so you know that we we are, are co-workers together. We work with women who are recovering from toxic relationships, uh, but also a little something about us. Both of us came out of, uh, I came out of two toxic relationship marriages. Dina's come out of one, but ironically, we were both married to the same person, but not at the same time. So uh, we have found that our hurts and pains kind of helped mold us together. And our passion has been to proceed so that we can help other women see the signs before they find themselves in the same place we were. So, yes. So today, what we're going to quickly talk about is five ways, five keys to to look for when you decide to go out there in the dating world. And this is a really raw subject for me because bless Dina, she has only been married to one toxic relationship. I was married to two. And then I just came out of a very serious relationship close to marriage. And it, it, it was as also another toxic relationship. And here I was working with women who are in these same places. And I was like, oops, I'm here again. I did it again. And we felt like this was something that we really need to talk about because with each one, I had to learn something. And, you know, coming out of that, I had a lot more tools in my toolbox than I did when I was in my first marriage. And I'm very humbled. It's not easy to sit here on this side of the microphone and have to share because some people would probably say, how did you get here again? Why did you get here? Is the problem you? And those are things that make you feel really, really raw and really vulnerable especially when you feel like you've done things to protect yourself. I'm an educated woman. I'm a teacher. I've raised four boys. I'm a grandmother. I have wonderful friends. I have a great life. And I'm not a person that would just easily, I think I was content not to date. And then I ended up in this relationship. Now people ask, are you going to go out again, date again? Well, I don't know, but I've learned that I have to really watch these types of cues and these types of um, keys to make sure that I don't get there again, because I tell you what, it hurts. No matter how old you are, who you are, how many toxic relationships you may have been in, it hurts. And it brings you to your knees to the point that you're going, how can I help others? Or what can I do to not be here again? Or you could be where I could easily be, whereas I'm never going to date again. But that's not what this is about. It's about to protect your little space because you are a wonderful person. And we want to make sure that you haven't been where we have been. And when I left this very um, serious relationship, this is still pretty fresh. Um, I am so thankful that I had some of these things in place and I had to learn some things very quickly that I had not learned the first time. So I hope you learned from me and, you know, I'm going to let Dina kind of take charge as far as sharing these five keys and then we'll go from there. And I hope each of you will listen with an open heart and be gentle and sensitive to my rawness. Go ahead, Dina. <laughs> Lizzie, seriously appreciate you so much that you, you know, had two 
rough marriages. And I know so much about your second marriage because that was my first marriage for 26 years. And, you know, coming out of that was absolutely devastating. And so for you to be vulnerable enough to say, listen, I was in two bad relationships, two bad marriages, and then I can't believe I got into a third. I swore after the second and the first, right? You are a brave soul. And ladies, I want you to know, gentlemen, whoever's listening, we are sharing this because it's awful to be vulnerable vulnerable, and it's scary because people can say mean things to you, but we're doing it for you. And Mm -hmm. so I really hope that it helps. So you know, we're not going to make this a long video. We're going to kind of just bullet point it. There's a lot we could go into. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we do have a podcast um, that will be released very soon um, from the Matadoras. And we are going to also be life coaching for women and and anybody that finds themselves in a toxic relationship. But for the meantime, we just want you to have this video that we hope will help if you're in that situation and you found yourself in more than one toxic relationship, or you're just terrified to get into another toxic relationship or you're in a toxic relationship now and you're like, how, how am I here again? So oops, I did it again. (laughs) Oops. I did it again. Five ways to stop attracting, you know, toxic relationships in your life. Now just to bullet point it, and then we'll get into more of the meat and potatoes, but five ways would be one would be the most important, I believe would be boundaries. Okay. Boundaries are what are going to protect you. And I know there's a lot of talk about boundaries. And if you don't really know what boundaries are, please get a book about boundaries. There's several good books. One of them is even called Boundaries. Understand what that actually looks like in action, okay? Because boundaries are going to put a wall around your heart and yourself and your family if you have a family. So one of the boundaries that is really important is when you start feeling something negative in that relationship, when you start questioning or, or you're, you know, something doesn't feel right to you. When you've been in bad relationships previously, you might question yourself and say, am I just feeling this way because I'm, you know, being triggered, you know, from my previous relationship, this guy maybe, or girl is a great person. I'll give you an example. When I was dating my second husband, I, my first husband was had a sexual addiction. Okay. So I was absolutely terrified of being betrayed. And I just read things into anything, you know, my, my second husband dating at the time, anything he would do. If he even glanced at a girl, I freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, he's, he's got the same problem. No, he didn't. We've been together over a decade. He did not have that problem, but I was so raw and terrified that I was reading into things. So it takes time when you're in a second relationship or third to really understand whether what you're feeling isn't just what you've been through. Um, I, I We actually went to, to couples counseling and that was super helpful because I was able to separate the emotional reaction from the actual logic of what I was seeing and feeling. So, however, if you're in a relationship and you're feeling a lot of negative emotions and you're feeling, you know, controlled or confused or, you know, um, you fight a lot and things just don't feel right. It's not peaceful. You know, the relationship over time should be growing and getting more and more peaceful, more growth, you know, more togetherness, more understanding because you talk things out and that's how you grow. If it seems like it's a constant drama fest or constant fight fest and you sit down and talk to that person, watch how they handle that conversation. Okay. 
a healthy person is going to really care about how you feel and they're going to want to resolve it. So that's that's boundary one. See how that person handles how you feel. Don't let them minimize it. Don't let them say they'll handle it and then do nothing. Watch how they handle it, especially if they blow up at you when you come at them with something important. Okay, another boundary would be being able to say no. Um, and again, being able to say no, being able to, you know, watch your own boundaries and and you know, say, I don't feel comfortable with this, or you know, that's not okay. How do they handle that? Do they respect you? Do they say, hey, you got it, no problem? So watch that. Um, another way is understanding yourself. Are you a fixer? Are you a pleaser? You know, do you have unresolved issues where you let people push you around? You don't have good boundaries. People always think you're the nice person that will do anything. Really look into yourself, okay? Because toxic, narcissistic people love pleasers and fixers. That will make you highly attractive to those kinds of people. Look in the and the big one now is the empath, the empath and the narcissist. So whether we like all these terms, it's kind of good to know some of the understandings behind it, not because we want to have like this whole, you know, psychology. I mean, Dina and I are not psychologists by any stretch of the imagination and neither probably are most of you, but it gives us an understanding of what we're looking at and who we are. Yeah, exactly. Take a deep look at you. Okay. And listen to what other you know friends or family have said about you over the years, you know, like you just take too much stuff off people, you know, look at those things. Um, and then, you know, be honest about what you're seeing. Be honest about what what you're seeing from this person. You know, don't try to minimize it. If they say, well, I only did that because you did this. I only yelled at you because of that. You know, I only, you know, embarrassed you in front of your friends because of this. Be honest about what you're looking at. Okay. Don't always take their excuses. If there's constant excuses and they're constantly minimizing something, don't let them and don't you minimize it either and just say, well, that's because I'm this person. It's because I, you know, I did this. I came home late, so I deserved it. Be careful and watch those things, okay? Boundaries. And most importantly would be healing yourself. And I know we kind of discussed that with the fixer and the pleaser and the empath, but really important. The most obvious reason for you attracting a future toxic relationship is there is something in you that is not completely whole you know, that you haven't, you just haven't seen or dealt with. And you, that person just got over on you. And one thing I'd like to say about being healed, you know, between my first husband and my second husband, it was 10 years. And I went through serious two years of therapy after my first husband. Uh, so it's not necessarily time. And sometimes you don't realize the things that you need to heal until you're in another relationship. And so I think a healthy, re- no, I don't think a healthy relationship, you guys will both probably come, especially if you're older, come to the table with some other things that may need to heal while you're in the relationship, because sometimes you don't know what needs to heal until you're there. So a healthy human, a healthy person will be patient as you're working through it. And you yourself need to be willing to go, okay, am I healthy? Am I taking the steps necessary to be healthy for this person or for myself? Number one. Okay. Cause you, no matter what we have to heal, knowing that we may be the only one involved, right? And you want to be healed whether you're in a relationship or you're not. But if you happen to be in a relationship or you're, you're 
kind of stumbling through this relationship and these things come about and they bubble up from the past and you need to go through it. Someone who is not toxic is going to walk beside you and you hopefully will do the same thing. Okay. Cause you both have the same goal. You have the same goal and the same vision, the outcome of a healthy relationship. A person that is toxic will really, it it depends on how they like to mastermind their manipulation and the abuse or whatever they want to do, right? I think a lot of us have learned to be, that there's many ways a person can be very toxic, you know, and no matter what, it's the number one thing they do is destroy. And so a person that is toxic, when a person has things bubbling up, the person, the toxic person is going to use that. They're going to manipulate. They're going to, they're going to weave their own thing around it. And they're going to probably cause more internal suffering and hurt inside of you that causes more confusion or you think it's you, right? Which it could be because you have things to still heal from, but you won't feel guilty. Okay. So it's just, that is pretty much what we're trying to say on that. So uh, just so you know, that's kind of some of the things that Dina and I wanted to share. Uh, we we have a lot more we'd love to share with you all and hope that you join us moving forward with some of the other things we'd like to share. Dina, did you have any other things you wanted to share on? Well, you know what? I would like to just um, quickly, we have a few minutes, Lizzie. So let's let's quickly go into <clears throat> some of the red flags, you know, that you had, you know, in this relationship. Oh, the that, second, yeah, this one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, any of them because you okay. know any of any of the people listening could be going through any of these mm-hmm. things. But you know, let's talk about some red flags. What are some things that you look back and say, "Man, I see now." You know that we can oh. help somebody, right? And this would kind of put us back up to the just the boundaries at the top. So some of the red flags was having a Facebook page or social media account with a bubble of a picture and nothing on a cover page and sharing absolutely nothing about themselves. To me, that's a Facebook stalker or social media stalker. That right there shows someone that to me does not want to be transparent or share their life with other people. And yes, I totally respect because Dina and I both will say we love hate social media. We we there's we see a lot of negatives, but we see the benefits, right? And what we both love is we love to see other people's babies and families and da 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 da. But when I see somebody who actually has an active Facebook page and they have nothing they share with anybody, to me that's somebody who's just gonna graze through and check people out. Okay, so true. Yes, another one. You might have to, there was plenty here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know, well, I know that, you know, you and I talked about this too, in both of our relationships is that, and we kind of talked with in the boundaries is that, you know, this person constantly minimizes everything they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You are feeling not happy. You're not happy. You're confused. You know, you're depressed. Um, So the constant motion of the turmoil, emotional turmoil, like I said, it's one thing to know that you could get in a relationship and you're going to have things bubble up from your past that you have to work through. But when you're constantly dealing with these turmoil emotions and feelings and you're just, you just can't explain it. You're like taking it on because you know, you're dealing with some stuff from your past, but it's causing the present to really jar it. 
not just work through it, but to jar it. Exactly. Because, you know, I'll tell you, ladies, and you'll know this if you've been in a bad relationship, you know, it's not peaceful. It's not a peaceful existence. There isn't this, you know, you get moments, you get moments, every relationship, no matter how dysfunctional, there's moments where they're kind and they do nice things, which is confusing, right? But if the overall theme is that there's a constant reoccurrence of a lot of fighting, drama, um, you know, you constantly feeling all these emotional things, you know, negative things, confusion, depression, sadness, you know, despair, trauma, you know, you're always trying to make things better. You're trying to be the buffer. You're trying to fix things. You're trying to make the home peaceful and make things okay. Something's wrong with that. A good, healthy relationship. There's a lot of peace. You know, there's a lot of communication. There's a lot of kindness. You both want the best for each other. So keep that really to the the front forefront of where you are. How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you should be continually questioning yourself. That's what we're trying to say. So when you're looking for those healthy relationships, avoid that. Yeah. And and remember, it does look different. It's I mean, a lot of people think that there's not a lot of drama. So they think of the mudslinging that this and that, but sometimes it's a lot more subtle than that. And you have to also help to see the boundaries. You need to be educated on what toxic relationships look at like. You need to understand what narcissism is. And and I'm I'm not going to say everything's walled around narcissism because it's everywhere in social media, but you need to kind of understand those things. You need to understand love bombing. You need to understand gaslighting. Uh, flying monkeys, all those terms and what they look like. So when they come at you in the dating world, you're like, no, I see. No, I'm not. mm -mm." It it makes you quicker to, to see those bad things in a relationship and try to rebound. And that's, and that's part of that, that the boundaries part of it. I think you have to educate to know what your boundaries need to look like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Also, some red flags would be if this person, it seems like they have kind of messed up relationships everywhere or the relationships are far away. For instance, if their children live in another state and they hardly ever talk to them, if their friends, you know, don't really come around much, Um, if they have family, but they never let you meet that family. Um, Or the family never responds or they never come over. Right. Exactly. And I know there's like toxic families. I'm not trying to get into that, but that is still part of the the checklist. You need to watch and monitor as you're trying to find out who this person is about. Who is this person? Right. And, you know, just like my past relationship, when he reached out to his brother and sister, he was like, Hey, come over for a barbecue. I'd like you to meet Lizzie and crickets. And it was several months in our relationship. He didn't even talk to his kids. So those were definitely red flags. No friends really came to the house on a regular basis. He had a couple of guys, but no one really came to sit and put their feet up, have those nice conversations, invited for dinner, blah, blah, blah. Those are all things like, do they welcome people in? Do they communicate with family? You know, watch all of that. Yeah, exactly. Getting to know their friends and family is one of the best ways to get to know them. So really keep an eye on that, you guys. You'll see a lot of interesting patterns. And honestly, when you bring your friends around, make sure that you bring your friends around this person. If you're just starting to date this person, meet them, have them exposed to every single person that you know. 
you know, family, friends, brothers, sisters, parents, cousins, I don't care, anybody. If you have kids, you know, you don't have to have them meet your kids right away. I get that. There should be some time. But once it's starting to get serious, get plenty of exposure to everybody because you need feedback and make sure that you tell your friends and family, I want to hear if there's anything, you know, that seems weird to you. So, you know, keep, keep, get everybody helping you with those boundaries and that understanding. Okay. So I think our last topic um, would be just kind of explaining if you're in that relationship now, you know, what do you do? I mean, you're already in it. You're, you know, you're attached, you're serious. You've made a life together possibly. What do you do now? You know, especially if you're realizing, yep, I'm in another bad relationship. Great. Here we go. I think the most important thing, and Lizzie and I will definitely agree on this, do not just decide that, you know what, I'm not going to fail, quote unquote, fail at a relationship again. I'm just going to stay in it this time because I don't want to go out there again. There's all these bad people. There's no good men or women in the world. That's not true. Okay. You are attracting to the wrong people for a reason. It doesn't mean you should stay in that relationship. Nobody ever deserves to stay in that relationship. Do not do that. You need to make other arrangements. If this person is beyond help and a most toxic people I have to say are okay. Otherwise they would get out of their toxicity and be a great person. So most toxic people are just going to go on to the next victim. Once Mm -hmm. you realize that you need to go, you need to disengage, heal hundred percent. Exactly. Take everything you've learned from that next relationship. Take everything you've learned from the first relationship or second or third or however many, maybe even look at all the patterns, look at the patterns from your parents when you were young. Did you have a narcissistic parent? Did you have a toxic parent? What are some of the similarities? What are some of the things that maybe you did that caused you? And again, we're not blaming you at all, you guys. Okay. We're not saying you did this and you deserved it and not at all. All I'm saying is that we all have blind spots. Okay. And sometimes those blind spots go way back from when we were kids. So it's so important to compare notes with these relationships and understand that there are really good people. Remember this. Healthy people attract healthy people, period. Okay. I didn't believe that when someone told me that in my marriage because I really felt like I was a very healthy person. I really did. And I was in so many ways, (laughs) but not where it counted. I was a fixer. I was a pleaser. I was an empath. I put up with so much stuff that I never should have had any business putting up with because I needed to make this all okay. And I needed to just do better. And I needed to trust God. I was a faith-based person. I just had to trust God. And, you know, if I did everything right, then it would be okay. That is so messed up, you guys. So super important to get out of that relationship, get some healing, get a therapist or a life coach if you need to, to really understand what are you doing to be attractive to people like this? And what are you doing to, as soon as you see these signs on the wall, why are you not running? Why are you not running away? Very important to look at this. Okay. So you don't repeat these patterns. All right. So whether I start dating again, I don't know, but I will definitely use these keys. And I've reined in as Dean and I sat down, like at the drawing board with each, after each relationship, <laughs> kind of like 
you know, first you have this, you're reining in. And then after my second marriage, I was like, okay, I'm reining in here. But after this, I'm like, okay, my boundaries became more clear. So when you are out there dating, just make clear boundaries. Okay. And don't go too fast. I know I hate when people say, go slow. That's not what that means, right? We're, we're going to say, no, my boundaries need to stay where they are. Just because you see a lot of green lights saying go ahead, including like background checks, watching them with friends, you know, finances, you know, job stability. Just because you see a lot of green lights doesn't mean you should go. Keep those boundaries and watch. Yes. Very well said. And like Lizzie said, watch because you guys, anybody can put on a facade for a certain amount of time. And I mean, you know, I've read that it takes about six solid months to start seeing red flags in some relationships. Some you'll see them right away. But some of them, especially if you're long distance, you know, dating, and I would, I honestly, in this day and age would not recommend long distance to anybody because I think it takes you, you just can't get to know this person. They can be anybody, they can pretend to be anybody. You know, you just don't have that one on one insight, you know. And the only way to have that is to give up your life and move close, you know, and then be, you know, on the outside of them, on the outside, sorry, that sounded weird, and just be dating, you know, but in the same town, which is something, you know, some people have done and it's worked, but just be very careful. You need to really date this person. Anybody that is toxic or narcissistic will probably pressure you to get serious very quickly. It's definitely one of their tools. Because once you get serious, once you move in, once you have a ring, once you start blending families, those kinds of things, you're in deep. And now untangling becomes not only your family and your life, but just your own heart becomes extremely complicated. So watch for the person that is pushing and pressuring you to get together quickly. A healthy person will also want to get to know you slowly and carefully before they blend you into their life and their family. So keep an eye on that. Take a long time to get to know the person. Keep your boundaries up. Watch the way this person responds. Watch the way you respond. Are you minimizing things? Are you really being honest and looking at things? If your family or friends give you a red flag, are you getting defensive and minim- you know, minimizing it? Which means, are you being healthy? So exactly. be healthy. Yeah. Number one, I think that should have been at the top. Be healthy. Be healthy. Boundaries and healthy are just like two right there. And be, yeah. So we appreciate your guys' time and we wish you all nothing but the best. Lots more stories on Matadoras. You'll hear both of our crazy stories of our marriages to the same man and finding out that he was married to Lizzie and dating another woman for almost a year. So there you go. Cliffhanger. That's in the (laughs) podcast. We'll tell you all about that. (laughs) Lots of, lots of fun stuff in our lives. Never a dull moment, but we don't look for that drama. (laughs) Yeah. We just want to help you. If we can help you in any possible way not to do what we did, then everything we've been through and all the pain and heartache will be worth it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.